Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. One of the many gems that my guest Lacey offers in today's episode is this. Having spaces where progressively I learned I could be imperfect, messy, and screw things up and still be in relationship with someone was huge. When I think about the parent-child relationship, even when it feels like all we are doing is banging our head on the wall, nothing is changing and we can't break out of it, that young person is learning. I have a place I can go. I have a place I can land. I am super excited to share more of Lacey Alana from Yes and Brain with you today. I'm Robin Goebel, and this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast. 
where I take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translate it for parents of kids who have experienced trauma. I'm a psychotherapist with over 15 years of experience working with kids who have experienced trauma and their families. I'm also a self-diagnosed brain geek and relationship freak. I study the brain kind of obsessively and even teach about the science of interpersonal neurobiology in a postgraduate certificate program. I started this podcast 25 episodes ago to get free, accessible support to you as fast as possible. So this podcast isn't fancy. I do very little editing, which means sometimes you're going to hear a cockadoodle do in the background. If you love this episode, add Parenting After Trauma to your favorite podcast player and share with your friends and colleagues. Be sure to head over to robingobel.com to discover all the free resources I have for you. You can also read about the club, a very special virtual space for parents to experience the connection, co-regulation, and a little trauma-informed education that you deserve. We'll be opening the doors for new members very soon. This is episode 25, and today I'm chatting with my dear friend, Lacey Alana. Lacey is a brilliantly talented therapist, creator of the Yes And Brain program, and really so many other amazing programs. She's a trapeze artist and an improv genius, but what she is to me first is a friend of many, many years. Lacey comes to today's episode as an adult who has childhood experiences similar to the kids that you love and care for. She talks a bit about what impacted her when she was a teen and sends a really magical message of hope to all the adults out there who just keep showing up and pouring love into these kids, even when it seems like nothing is working. I know you'll enjoy Lacey as much as I do. So let's just get going. Lacey. Thank you for agreeing to hang out with me this afternoon. I know that's a really big ask, right, for us to get together. Yeah, so hard. Out so hard. It's so convenient. But um, I'm excited that we were forced then to kind of carve out this time to be together and talk this afternoon. And I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to my listeners and tell, tell us a little bit about like why you even wanted to come and be on the podcast. Sure. Uh, so I am Lacey, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about both kind of the professional and personal sides mm-hmm. of this. Yes. So I'm a licensed clinical spe- social worker. What am I? My, my words <laughs> doing great already. Uh, licensed clinical social worker. Uh, I specialize in trauma, autism, neurodivergence, all of the sort of corollary uh, pieces. And I do a lot of work kind of in the multidisciplinary arts world, blending together applied improvisation with therapeutic intervention and play in those domains, circus, I'm a circus artist, et cetera, and kind of all of those pieces. And then also spent time as a youth in effective kinship foster care placement and had that involvement with the system and kind of my own uh, long-term family history with navigating trauma and kind of what that looked like for me personally. And so, yeah, that's the relevancy of Yes. Yes. (laughs) So your involvement in this world and this community of working with people who have experienced trauma, having this trauma, we could say trauma informed lens on things comes from both sides, this professional Mm -hmm. interest, as well as 
personal experience, which is true probably for most of us. I think, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, uh, definitely. And I really think, I mean, looking back on it now, I think it really is both of those things because I was still, even when I was younger, the person that I am now, you know, people be like, don't talk to me like, like a therapist. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, if you talk to me in middle school, this was who you got. This is, I now know, yeah, I now know some technical words, but this is actually, this is authentically who I am. Um, And I started volunteering at the Austin Children's Shelter, which is now renamed as something else when I was, you know, a freshman in college and 18 and like just out of my own stuff slash very not out of lots of it um and then began working there and then and it felt really comfortable being there you right. know um right. yeah so definitely so just for a little context also it might just be a f- fun to talk about how you and I even got sure. to know each other mm-hmm. because you were probably the first um colleague on a more mutual level mm-hmm that I knew that had a similar interest in working mm-hmm. with the types of kids and families that I wanted to work with, like probably up until I met you in your cubicle, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the other people I know who are also really interested in this field were all mentors. I didn't sure. have anybody that I felt right. like at the same sure. level as I was, or had been in the field mm-hmm. for the same length of time as mm-hmm. I was. And so, and also shared a love for like obsessively reading about all of it talking about it and learning about it yes and so like to stumble I remember really like stumbling into your cubicle and seeing like oh you have the same books I don't know anybody Uh else who's like reading Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. that I'm reading Mm -hmm. right and then our careers took somewhat different paths Mm -hmm. you went off and did some other cool work and then um we somehow discovered this way that we both enjoy the circus arts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. You on a very different level than me, but that I do think that's part of what sparked us reconnecting a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So that's been this really fun piece yeah. too, is this way of us yeah. having this language and this ex- totally fun, one just really odd, unique hobby. Right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a yes. lot of people yes. have. Yes. But then also what is so cool, there's obviously a lot of cool things about you, but the way that you're pulling them all together. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool person. But the way you pull it all together and do, you know, take your professional interest and your trauma history and interpersonal neurobiology history and your deep, deep, deep understanding of the brain and the polyvagal mm-hmm. theory and all this kind of cool stuff. And then pulling into it, like your love of circus arts mm-hmm. and how that's related. And then, um, your work in the improv world and how all those things are related. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's just, yeah, like, no, if I, I agree. Definitely. The, <laughs> Yeah, the ways that the paths have mingled and crossed and yeah. similar. I mean, same. The yeah, I didn't know anyone else with the enthusiasm for inhaling <laughs> all of the content possible and <laughs> talking about it somewhat obsessively. And um, yes, yes, yeah. and that still happens. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> we still do that. Right. Yeah. Well, share a little bit about your personal story and your personal mm-hmm. path and how that's contributed to your kind of professional work and your professional interests, but also knowing that a lot of people who listen are listening are either parents Mm -hmm. 
of kids who have experienced pregnancy uh-huh. trauma or they're professionals, helpers, and healers in some way, like working totally. with those families. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much to say, right? Yeah. It's like, where do you, where do you start? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the sort of just like, you know, very brief summary was like long-term history of significant abuse in the home, like sexual, yeah. physical, kind of emotional, all of the, all of the categories. Um, yeah. Finally got out of the home, CPS got involved when I was a teenager, went into the fictive kinship, foster care, kind of situation did all of the like rigmarole with the like police interviews and the CPS caseworkers and the going to the advocacy centers to do the tests and the body invasion stuff you know like did all of the things that one does all the trauma Um, that happens subsequent to the trauma absolutely yep (laughs) yes um yeah and really navigated to like how broken so much of those systems are, which of course I understand now with a different level of understanding in all of the different ways of like how kids are so not served in the process that is often very necessary and yet how Mm -hmm. it is not. Um, Yeah, there aren't the resources for that to be done the right way, the education, the information, you know, all of this. Um, But yeah, so I finished high school and went to college and I think was really kind of in survivor mode at that point and was just mm-hmm. like plowing through and was just like, okay, well, this is what you do. And this is how I need to get this forward. Mm-hmm. And the family that I was living with was um, also quite a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely lots of like emotional abusive stuff and just like, yeah, lots of like low grade physical mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah. not a great time. And so I basically entered college with no parental person and like, you know, had all of the belongings that I owned in garbage bags and like under bed boxes in my dorm bed, which I raised to have a little more storage room. And like, you know, I mean, it was yeah. a very like weird time. Um, yeah. And thankfully started therapy and that, yeah, has been one of the long-term staples for me that has, you know, made things, yeah, okay. And I mean, it's been a, yeah, like complex, I mean, there's no good way to summarize like long-term complex trauma work, but there's, um, it's doable and it does change and yeah, 
I don't know. That's the overview overview. Yeah, I think so. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I think what I'm hearing in this moment is something that, that my listeners might really also be very interested in is that your quote unquote work, I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes right now, quote unquote, mm-hmm. your work started when you were a young adult, like your therapeutic mm-hmm. work. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I think I would just, I don't know what more you could say about that, but I want to say like, mm-hmm. could you say more about that? Because I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working with families who are pa- actively parenting right? Totally. and are so terrified of mm-hmm. what the future holds, mm-hmm. right. That, you know, they're kind of mm-hmm. looking at their child and the struggles that they're having whether they're three or five or 12 or 17 right. and just feeling terrified mm-hmm. that this totally. child won't be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea that, that it is possible to mm-hmm. enter adulthood, mm-hmm. like totally. technically yep. speaking, Number one. 18 yep. <laughs> totally. and then enter adulthood. And then at that time for a lot right. of the real healing work right. depth to stuff. still begin yeah. or to still mm-hmm. take hold. So yeah, maybe just say a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah, more about totally. that. Um, yeah. I mean, I have lots of thoughts about it. Um, number one, I'm like, man, kids who have parents who are like diving into this stuff and trying to like mm-hmm. show up hard are like so lucky, <laughs> you know, I like know. I'm like, wow, what an incredible, like, that's awesome. Um, Okay. So I want to say one more thing about that, just because mm -hmm. I know this comes up and just to really anchor it in for the parents listening who pretty continually feel like failures and like overwhelmed and like, they're not doing enough. They can't do enough is as the therapist on the outside, looking in working with both adults who have experienced trauma in childhood and they're now adults. And so we're processing Mm -hmm. it in a totally Mm -hmm. different way than when I'm working with kids. It does feel to me that having a parent who can at least see what's happening enough Mm -hmm. to say, I need support, Mm -hmm. whether that mean it actually changes things a whole lot in the home or not. Mm -hmm. Sure. It would be awesome if things could change in the home, that would be ideal. But I do think there's something that gets really overlooked that just having a parent who's aware enough to know like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. I need help Mm -hmm. is healing like that in oh, yeah. itself is a, a new experience a, yeah. for a child who's experienced trauma like the acknowledgement mm. like something's not right here totally isn't yes. something that happens in homes right. that are actively and more overtly like abusive and absolutely like that in and of itself is a new experience yes for these kids and I know so many families where that feels like that's not enough or nothing's changing or mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough to help my kid or you right. know, whatever story they're telling themselves, but, totally. but that is something. Yes. So, oh, it's so much. And yes. it's like, and an even, I mean, I think for me, I mean, AI just like, wasn't really in a safe place even right. to begin that work until right. adulthood, just even like logistically, like from a sort of just like physical baseline safety standpoint, but also emotionally and like right. in a place where I could be safe enough to be a little messy. And I mean, I was doing the container holding as a like, you know, messy kid also. So that was also messy, you know? Right. Um, But it's like, 
as I look back at it too, like not only is it like, yes, not being the perfect parent, but it's like, when I look back to like, okay, how did I survive that? Like what really made that work? Like there are of course like internal personal resiliency pieces that I note that are, you know, intrinsic to who I am and all of these pieces. But, but another huge piece of it is that when I look back, I can always identify someone who was an adult, who was the foil to this, doing something different in some way. And none of them were the perfect, met all my needs, everything was great people, but I can identify so many people who just held delight in me and space Mm -hmm. for me to exist and expressed interest in me and were compassionate. And I soaked that up. And that to me is like so much of like what made it possible to do that work later. And it's, and it's even like small discrete things, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I had that like camp counselor that I really liked. Don't even remember their name, but like, I remember what it felt like to be next to them because I felt safe and like, oh yeah, that piano teacher. And like, oh yeah, that teacher who I like really wish had like noticed the things and didn't pick up on all the offers, but like always put a sticker on my paper and that felt nice and I liked it, you know? And it's like the stitching together of those things that I think like, create the foundation to do the deeper work when you're developmentally ready, safety ready, emotionally ready, nervous system ready, whatever, to have some of that like collection space. And so like, yes, there are always things complicated about like family and parental child relationships, no matter what your (laughs) arrangement is of where, you know, where kids came from and who parents are and all, you know, all of this. but I think that there is something that's like really powerful about like the fact that kids who have an adult person that came into their life, like will have lots of the more of those moments of like resiliency and connection with a consistent person who's there than I did, you know? And and I think that that is, um, yeah, really huge. And I think like, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think my nervous system had the capacity to do the work. And it's like, even in, uh, so I'll, I'll say this note too, that I've seen the same therapist on and off for 17 years, which I know mm-hmm. you already know, but the people listening don't obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really long time. Yes. Um, and, and it's been my longest consistent adult yes. attachment relationship, which yes. is why, you know, I mean, it's not the reason why we're still, you know, but it is such a huge like I will always have some kind of connection to her and some capacity yeah. because yeah. of that. Um, because she's been the person who showed up when I was in the hospital yeah. two years ago and was like super, just like in a really bad, my body internal organ stuff was shutting down. Like she texted me every day to ask how I was because yeah. that's, you know, she's known me for half my life. And, um, but the, that was tangential, but to tell the fact of, I think the first long period of time of doing work with her even was really about building enough safety and connectivity. And there were things that happened and there was processing that happened. Um, But we'll often, because she is my long-term adult attachment Mm -hmm. person, do some of the things that kids do with adults. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't look back at collective photos from things we did because that doesn't exist. We didn't go to the amusement park or go on a vacation, but we (laughs) snap photos. This is us in in 2010. Um, But we talk back about our relationship and how we both were and like, 
these things that like people do with their long-term attachment figures. And yes. one of the things that I think is like, now I just also have so much compassion for my like baby 17, 18 year old self. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but she'll, t- she talks about, you know, we'll tell the, like how I was in those therapy sessions. And then yeah. I just came in and was just like, nonstop talking and was just like, okay, well, I'm really stressed out and here's the things and okay. And I don't even know, and my nervous system was just on and she'd be like, okay, breathe. And I'd be like, okay, so anyway, here's the thing, you know? And, like, and we've just like had so many good like right. laughs about that. And like, at the time I was just so keyed up and so in survival mode that that is where I was right. and that I barely tolerated her telling me to take a deep breath and I hated those moments and was angry at her for doing it but also liked her enough and she held space enough in a way that I kept going back and there we were and I think it really wasn't until I mean of course we were talking about things in the real world and doing some problem solving and all of this and that wasn't superficial unnecessary but I really don't think it was probably like until I was much more like developmentally capable and right. organized as a person and had a nervous system that wasn't quite as like hair triggered that I was able to do some of the deeper healing work that I did. Right. And it, and it isn't to say that like that time wasn't foundational and restorative. And like, and I think that that's what happens for kids too, is that it's like doing the therapy, doing all of these things isn't nothing. It's not like, okay, well, let's hang up the hat until we're 25, you know, but it's, I think the knowing to me that like that, I don't know, there's, yeah, they're just the sort of different developmental windows of like, yeah, like how do you regain a nervous system that you didn't ever get to develop? And it goes faster because you're doing it with intention when you're older and supported by people with intention when you're younger in the case of adopted kids, but yeah, I don't know. Those, yeah. those are some thoughts. I mean, I think what I'm hearing you yeah. say that I really resonate with and relate to on both sides, like as a therapy mm-hmm. client and as a therapist who mm-hmm. specialize in working with people who've been really, really hurt is that especially at the beginning of the healing process, like the content is really mm-hmm. quite largely irrelevant. Totally. Whether that's with adult work and the content is what you're talking about or with kids Mm -hmm. and the content is what's being played with or played out or I mean these these things are like the vehicle because we can't Mm -hmm. come into a a therapy space and just stare at one another right there is something to do right whether it's talking or playing or whatever interactive or yeah right you know whatever it is exactly there's some sort of vehicle involved right and i'm not discrediting that but what's really happening is the vehicle is providing uh, an experience totally you know this way of being yeah seeing heard and held and yes right so it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you're spending 50 minutes dumping on the therapist totally. about totally relatively irrelevant Who knows? things. I know. Right. Who knows? I, mean, I know. Right. I look but back on my it, own self too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Because the content didn't matter. What mattered no. was the... And everything was keyed up and everything. Right. Like it was like everything right. was and I think that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah. I, ju- I jumped in on you, but well, and um, again, just yeah. knowing that, like, my audience is kind of both. I'm getting you know tons of totally. professionals are listening, and I know in my like the consultation I work, do with professionals, mm-hmm. it's like we're constantly reorienting to 
totally. stay out of content, stay out of content. We're providing safety. We're providing this yes. new, you know, that we're constantly reorienting to that. Mm-hmm. And I, there's some way that that's true for parents as well. Yes. And oh my gosh, hugely, I think. Like, yes. And, and I get how hard that is too, because yes. staying yes. away from content when the content is, I, you're hurting yourself or someone else exactly. or doing something destructive or doing something that raises the like panic. Oh my God, you're not going to be okay because you're not turning any of your school assignments in. And what does that mean for you as a person forever? Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, and so it's, yeah. I think parenting is double hard in that way because as the at therapist, least, like I yeah. get the luxury, exactly. at least double, I get the luxury of being like, I get to just resonate and hold space and be here and right. have this. And it's not that you're not sometimes also engaging in problem solving those things because you absolutely are. And I think there is such a, I think parents are battling that hard piece. And though, even when it's not landing in the way that's yielding the concrete shift or change or the measurable whatever, that there's so much happening there that is getting stored in the nervous system. Yes, yes, yes. Someone, and I think for me, that's like looking back at all of those old people where it's like, Oh, not the old people, but the people yes. from the past. People from the past. All the old people. Not the elderly um, people. Looking back at the geriatrics of my life. Um, I mean, sometimes though, right? But anyway, um, but it is like, those are things that become resiliency points. Yes. yes. Knowing, of even knowing this person can go with me and stay with me through the dark place. And yes. I think that that is also one of the things that for me, because I think a lot of this work came later and I didn't have a shepherding parent person, right? right? Which like, you can't do the work for someone, but like, there's definitely a distinct advantage to having like an adult person who you're getting (laughs) to like borrow some brain from, you know? Um, But I think a lot of that like has come for me in both friendships and also adult romantic relationships of like coming to understand what it means to actually be able to be messy and have someone stay and like getting to exist because that's so counter to the hypervigilance and the survival mode and the like I don't even get to exist here and not only that existing here isn't even safe because that puts me at risk if I'm present in this moment because it means I'm not anticipating what's coming it puts me at risk because if I like myself for this minute that's going to go terribly. It puts me at risk because if I'm accepting that my parent who's supposed to keep me safe is actually a monster, instead of believing like, actually, I'm just the problem if I could change it, right? Like all of this stuff that is hard and you can't just intellectually understand that and integrate it. But through having those spaces where progressively I learned that I could be imperfect and messy and screw things up and still be in a relationship with someone not always without consequence but like in a relationship Mm -hmm. is huge and so I think that's to me too like what I think I hold on to a lot in that like parent-child space is that it's like even if it feels like banging a head on the wall and nothing is changing and it's the same old same old and we can't break out of this thing like that yeah sometimes that's the developmental nervous system place where things are and that having that patterning means that like, as that person grows up, they're going to know, I have a place I can go. Like I have a place I can land. And that's like within a person and not just like a four walls, but like to have someone you can 
call and know like they'll have this you know what I mean like I mean that's Mm -hmm. a thing that people outside of families that are adopting or fostering don't even all have right you know like I mean lots of them (laughs) like it's yeah so I mean I think there's such incredible power in the patterning yes it is just inherently happening even if you feel like you're screwing it up even if it's not yielding the change even if it's less than perfect or you're like well that was not my ideal self as I <laughs> raised my voice louder than I meant to you know like right. the but even right. that like the 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 ability to go back and like repair and work yeah. on yourself like I mean it's just like amazing and like the yeah. recognition and desire I mean it's like I work with lots of folks who both have experienced trauma and haven't and both are adopted in foster care and, and haven't been and it's like so many of my clients who have biological parents that they grew up with forever and had pretty like you know quote unquote fine childhoods like don't have parents that are doing any kind of work or ever have and like that's yeah like having a parent who's doing work outside of all the things is like you know I'm like that's great <laughs> like, oh my that gosh sounds, that sounds real nice you know <laughs> like could any of you want to adopt me I'm I'm, I'm like good you know I mean it's like yes yeah, yes yes like, so I just want to anchor in on a couple of things because they're yeah, yeah, so important like one is that that is so powerfully important to have a parent that is doing something Oh my gosh. Anything. Right. So that includes listening to a podcast. Yes. Yes. But to have the awareness. that's like, huh, I could use a little help here. Mm-hmm. Even if your kid doesn't know you're listening to a podcast, right. or you're reading these books, which in general, they tend to know because we right. don't do these things in secret. <laughs> right. That that's that the something about the way that our nervous system is that prompts us to seek out curiosity mm-hmm that way of nervous, that right. part of our nervous system comes into contact with our kids and right. it matters. Like whether yes. they have this overt knowledge, like my parents are right. really trying, like that's right. not the right. point. The right. point right. is it's the brains are healing yes. together and moving towards it. And I think that's important to note too, about the parental side of it is that it's like, not only is success for either party dictated by did the kid do or not do this thing, right? but the same way that the kid is integrating stuff and you can't always connect the divide between cognition and internalization that like now is generalizable or showing up regularly. Like that's the same thing that happens for us as adults. And it's like, whatever it is that you're learning in that like interpersonal zone, that self zone, that whatever, like, I mean, I do this about all of the areas of growth where you like pursue Mm -hmm. the knowledge, you're taking it in, you're collecting the bits, your brain is like coalescing that in the background, little things are shifting here. Like your brain signals are going slightly different to the other person. And then sometimes you'll hit the place where you're like, oh, I just like leveled up something or I integrated something. And like, it feels easier or better, or like, I understand it now in a way. And so it's also like, I think it's hard. And I mean, I struggle with this as a person too, where I'm like, I'm working so hard on acquiring this skill or breaking this pattern or doing this thing. And like, why is this not working? I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. I'm going in circles. And it is, I really have learned time and time again, because I apparently just need to keep learning this one, that it's like all of that work that is happening in that place of quote unquote, no progress is actually integrating and like contributing to that shifting. And so I think, yes, like all of those things where it's like, 
and it's, and this is where it's, you know, people want the checklist and I mean, I do too. So it's like valid. I understand. I hear you. Uh I get it. uh But also that it is like, you know, yeah, everything compiles where it's like the, the moment that you just paused and like took a breath before walking into the kitchen and knew that you'd see the mess that was supposed to be cleaned up. It's like that breath is a part of what it becomes and like right. turning on the podcast is part of what it becomes. Like right. taking the moment in the bathroom where like actually you're done, but you're just going to sit there for another two minutes <laughs> is part yes. of what it becomes, you right. know, like, and right. it's like those things feel like nothing and it feels like nothing's changing. Nothing's not changing. Yeah, there's no overt right. information it's, that's telling me this is quote unquote working. Working. And Which yet so it's painful. like, right. And it's so hard because it's like, you know, I mean, being the strong brain in mm. the world of a dysregulated brain is a lot of work. Like yes, it, is it is hard. And there is no one who is like, I mean, it's like, I've worked, and I mean, I talk about this all the time in all kinds of relationships where I'm like, I am a therapist. I have been in therapy for like ever, 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 ever. How much money have I spent on therapy? I don't know. Like I probably paid for my therapist's house down payment. You know, like, I don't know. Like I really did. I did some math one time and I was like, I need to stop. Don't do that. I can't do this. No, no one wants this. Um, But it's like, I also can't be magically anything and I get stuck and life is messy and multitudes and it is both my kids still doing this thing and also I am holding space for them and building a foundation of the nervous system and also I am losing my can I say bad words on this podcast well I have to edit them out oh yeah I guess kids might listen okay well I am losing my sense of internal stability. <laughs> um, right. Yep. Right. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, uh, like all of those things are true, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's the, I feel like my biggest also personal work piece recently and slash always and probably forever because yeah. that's how life goes is around those multitudes and like holding yeah. and because I think especially with like trauma history, the nervous system can be really black and white and either like, we're not safe, go into like activate full unsafety mode or okay, we're okay here. And like that space doesn't come that often. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like, as I've done my work, like the the nuance there has increased drastically. And when I'm dysregulated, when my window of tolerance is smaller, all of this stuff, like Mm -hmm. my trigger switch is like way more quick to get activated. And to me, this idea of multitudes has been super transformational and like holding for myself, like, okay, I am both feeling unsafe and I'm also physically safe and also have lots of resources and also feel like I'm out of control and also feel frustrated and like my efforts aren't working and yeah. also have made lots of progress as a person and also have, <laughs> you know, and, and I yes. think that that is also the, like, the things that like we all have to hold for ourselves and that especially in that like parent child space have to be held Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. that space of like, I am so frustrated with you and also love you and want to be there. And also your nervous system is losing its internal control. And also mine is as well right now. And also I did do better this morning when I plan to handle the thing slightly differently. And also this is exhausting. And also I love you and I'm glad I did it. And also, you know, and it's like, that is, I think it's also like the world 
especially like with social media and all of these things, like people are not in the practice of holding multitudes anymore right. and acknowledging right. them. And so you go to social media and people are presenting, you know, their best selves and they're presenting their, mm -hmm. you know, this, whatever. Yeah. And it creates this black and white and this like, well, I'm not succeeding in doing this thing. I'm not having the kid that's passing the whatever that's getting the recognition, you know, the whatever. Yeah when really it's like if everyone was actually naming the true multitudes mm -hmm. and the messiness like mm -hmm. that is actually where it's most the same and I don't know it makes me think of and I go back to this I've never been able to find this despite my best efforts as an adult mm -hmm. I read this like poem question mark short story question mm -hmm. mark <laughs> when I was uh like a kid, like I was like in middle yeah. school or something. And I didn't even understand like the way that this resonated with me until I was much older and still apparently remember it. So it must have yeah. really held on. Absolutely. But it was about this idea that we're all like water wells and that like the deeper you go, the more that we share the water source. So it's like on a superficial level, mm. if you dig down like a short well, you might start sharing this, the well with your neighbor, right? Because you're in yes. the same like municipal area and like whatever. Yes. So you're getting water from the whatever. But the deeper that you go, yes. that's connecting into the water well of further away places and, yes. you know, et cetera. Yeah. And so, uh -huh. and I think, you know, naturally it's like, you know, in my depths, I have inherently different experiences than someone who hasn't had trauma, you know, and all these pieces. But at the fundamental piece of that is like, the rawness of hurt and like the rawness of betrayal and of being yeah. left out and alone and all of this. And it's like, we all know those places. Yes. Like we all know what that is. And it's like, no, it doesn't manifest maybe with the same intensity in a mm -hmm. nervous system for someone who doesn't have the trauma to feel, you know, the aloneness as it does for someone who does, for example, but that it really is like, that's the place of, oneness and like knowing yeah. like in a lot of the like workshops that I run even in like corporate settings we'll do exercises around like listening for the value behind what someone's saying and someone's yes. like you know complains about the like the traffic and ah, people can't use their turn signals and whatever and really it's like they're talking about valuing like the order and they're valuing the you know the way that like people communicate about what mm -hmm. they're going to do and mm -hmm. they value safety and they value this and mm -hmm. it's like and if we can look at like the kid who's losing it and the kid who's screaming or hitting the wall or like yes. having the meltdown of like, what do you value? Some of which they would never be able to articulate because some of it's like their nervous system being like, I value not feeling like this. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yes, um, which, which is valid. Valid, 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. And then other times it is like, well, I value feeling like I'm set up for success and not feeling like I'm failing this stuff academically because I'm not being taught it in a way that works for me. Yeah. I value yeah. being heard and I felt like my sibling didn't listen to me and maybe they did or maybe they didn't, right? Sometimes the reality doesn't match the feelings and like that's a whole other can of worms. But like we all value feeling like we're being set up for success. We all value yes. being listened to. We all value having our nervous system feel safe and so it's like when we can meet other people from that place of like oh I my nervous system the, the, it's like makes me think of the end of yoga like the nervous system and me acknowledges the nervous system <laughs> yes, yes right like what is it I don't even remember what the actual words are because yeah. it doesn't matter right now but that's what you know what it that's actually quite funny um in my I haven't taken enough yoga um, classes to know right? but it's off like the top of my head either but yeah the something mm -hmm. in me acknowledges yeah. the something in you is the yeah. like 
ending with the namaste whateverness right. you know uh yeah. and i think that it is like that yeah the nervous system in me acknowledges the nervous system in you and like the resonance and value of like having anything at all held even kind of crappily is huge you know yeah. and I don't know. That was a really long monologue. Would you like to do your summary for people to read to anchor things? Because I've been yeah. talking real fast about lots of things. I still talk fast. That's a thing. Yes, really you, do, you do. You do talk fast. This is actually a lot slower than it I is. used to be, though. Uh -huh. And I try to be really mindful about it. And I don't always have success, like right now, especially when I'm you're doing great. about what I'm no, talking you're doing about. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Would you like to anchor that? Uh, well, I don't know if this is going to be an anchor, but what is what I was thinking of with this visual of the wells mm -hmm. and then in your reminder that aloneness or mm -hmm. you know these different human experiences are not um they're not unique to people yeah. with histories of you know terrible horrifying trauma mm -hmm. their intensity varies right. they may manifest and with a different yeah absolutely and all of us, like even mm -hmm. this is one, one of the things I love to understand about attachment is that even individuals with quote unquote secure attachment mm -hmm. have what I would call pockets of all these different parts of insecure attachment, oh, yeah. including disorganization. Like even people oh, with yeah. predominantly secure attachment experiences have had experiences of fear or nothingness is right, right there, primary attachment figure. That's just inevitable. Totally. So we all have these shared human experiences mm -hmm. that also unfortunately go along with having been not supported through or co-regulated through. Totally. And so, and we spend a lot of time trying to avoid touching into them. Right. <laughs> right. So then we start parenting somebody who's nervous system is kind of constantly touching into these totally. places of aloneness or yes. terror yes. because and of, if, yes. Yeah. And if they perceive that you're trying to shut that thing down, that's, which we might be flag. because we right. don't want to touch into our that nervous ourselves. system. Totally. And our nervous system starts panicking and is like, oh, I've got to get regulation back in here because the kid might lose control. And then I'm losing control and we need to, and then our just drive to like, tamp it which is so reasonable and valid yes. because our own nervous systems are like Bob extinguish the fire you know yes. but creates this pattern of you're not seeing me you're not hearing me you're trying which then sometimes either leads to the shutdown or leads to the like all right well you're not getting it well let me make this a little bigger than we get then you right. know and right. and none of that's conscious nobody's being you know manipulative you know. or whatever but the power of just if we can find the regulation in ourselves to sit there and say, I just can't even like overstate how powerful that is. And like mm -hmm. how, like, and I really even feel like my current partner is like the most capable partner I've ever had. Um, hooray for me uh, in terms of like also having done emotional work and like all of these pieces. And, and it's like, so sometimes when I'm in the place where I'm just dysregulated and spinny because something's hit my nervous system and generally at this point I'm like oh I am dysregulated doesn't always mean that I can I manage it a lot better than I used to but it doesn't always mean that I can put the brakes on because sometimes you have to move through something and that's what it is yeah but the fact that I will get in return the just like that sounds yeah. like it feels so scary yeah is I'm just like 
wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, oh, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. And right. like the the grounding that that is, right. like, I can't even, you know, even mean? it's like, I mean, I've been in therapy, I've done all the things and I have lots of relationships with people that I really enjoy in all of this. And right. a lot of people don't get to see me in, well, of course not. Meltdown places, like the, right? our most intimate relationships is where right where those things, things emerge. And, yes. Yeah, and I've had lovely, you know, past people I've dated and whatever, but just who also weren't, you know, yeah. we're all messy yeah, humans yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, and just having that seen and held, and I feel like that's what I've also just learned as a clinician that we often feel, and just in work that I do with kids that isn't like therapy work, um, Mm -hmm, is that it's mm -hmm. like, we feel the drive to solve the thing, to fix it, to make it go away. And because of that, sometimes we start solving the wrong problem. And, And then, and when really the thing I've learned the most is that when I can stay regulated and when I can just hold the space long enough to find the moment to talk about like, yeah, I bet that felt really bad when you broke the thing because you were super upset. And like, yeah, like this is a lot, you know, that like that is because none of us can process stuff when we're dysregulated. And so coming at, you know, and it's just, it's such like the traditional paradigm and it happens at school and all of this stuff of the like, you know, well, it's okay to have anger. You just can't do it like this and all of the, and it's like, okay, well, I know that, but I literally like, can't. Can't help, can't. My son said that to me once when he was, Mm probably about eight or nine, kind of the perfect mm-hmm. age, probably to have enough language, have enough mm-hmm. cognitive, whatever, have enough safety, have enough, whatever. Totally. And we were going through this little period where he was like losing his mind with some frequency mm-hmm. that was making us as parents be like, um, so is mm-hmm. this like parenting thing we've been doing right. these parenting values right. we've Did been we having like, are we like really on the wrong track mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and having to constantly just go back to like my anchoring in this and what I know about humans and, and the nervous mm-hmm. system and then one day saying something which I knew in the moment was absurd because as a therapist I not every totally this is not a normal yeah, yeah. parent thing right. to know. But I remember saying to him, like, you can something exactly like you can have any feeling you want. All of your feelings you're okay. Right. But it's not okay to express them in this specific right. way. And he just looked at me and he was like. So you may have heard that the club is open today for just a few days for new members. And I wanted to share with you what this club member said about her time in the club. This member says, I was way more successful handling a stressful situation than I would have been a year ago. And it is truly a result of the material I've learned through Robin and the club. Oh my gosh, y'all. I love, love, love hearing that. There's no way that we can promise that the stress from your kids is going to change because we're just not in control of anybody else but ourselves. But what we can do is work to change how we respond to those stressors. And that's what we do over in the club. We are open for new members from now until the 28th of April, and we would love to have you. That doesn't make any sense. Uh If I 
could not express them in this way at this moment. Right. I would. And he was right. still like just right on the right. Like, he was still totally barely it. hanging on. Yeah. But <laughs> enough of his mind was just like, right. Lady. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, I learned so much from that moment, which one I learned like, okay, this grand experiment is actually uh-huh. working out for us in the long run. Right. Like, uh-huh. like we're building his brain. Totally. And the fact that he could articulate that, have enough self-awareness oh about that, feel safe enough to say that to me. Like right. there were so many things that could easily have been labeled as like bad behavior. Oh my gosh. Oppositional can't regulate themselves. Can't. Yeah. Right. And that's it. Right. Like we're in the systems where also it's a trap because to get funding at school, to get recognized, right. to get special services, you, depending on where you are, of course, everything's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like you have to fail. They have to document things with the extremity, yeah. with the whatever, which changes the way that people talk about kids. And it becomes yes. about compliance and the whatever. And I can't, I think in so much of the, like, the improv programming and the circus programming work that I do, like one of the things that is like the work is, I think like important and what we're doing is fun and builds these skills and does these things as well. And like you get the experiences, but so much of it. And the biggest takeaway that I get from the adults that I train about it too, is like, oh, you just like say yes to them, but not yes to like, yes, you can do that. I have no boundaries, but yes to the reality that what's unfolding is the reality that's unfolding. And I think that's where it breaks down. And to me, like, that is what like the yes and brain is, which is like improv for another day, you know, but, right. but like, we'll but come like, back to that some other time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, but being able to be in this space where it's like, I'm not saying yes, you can keep kicking the wall, but I'm saying yes to the reality that I'm freaking out and having panic and wanting to shut it down and feeling the urge to go, you can't express it like that. And yes to the reality that the kid is losing it enough and doesn't have the skills to be in their logical brain. And something happened that caused this because when we're in a regulated, safe feeling place, we don't start kicking walls. Don't kick the walls. Right. And so what does it mean with the knowledge that we know to say yes to the thing what does it mean yeah. to say yes to the group that's rowdy and isn't successfully doing the circle game or listening in the way that i want them to i can keep trying to make them do that but like they clearly don't have the skill right now because either they don't have the skill or because today they don't have the skill exactly and yeah. so this i can keep making things bad for both of us by trying to force that to happen but is there a way that I either can help regulate them, give them something that's higher energy, change the expectations so that we're still doing the thing that I want to do to practice the discrete skill I'm trying to hit, but also where intentionally after each person says the thing, instead of listening, now we all are doing a chorus of, you know, a stupid dance or song or movement yeah. or, you know, like, and yeah, I know yes. I'm tangent. You know, so well, no, actually, like, this is perfect know, because like, you're um, giving folks a little sneak peek of what we'll do next time when you okay. and I come back together. <laughs> no, but truly, this is perfect because this is this is whole other piece of thing we can talk about and dive into mm-hmm. that is so important. And I definitely, it's on my plans to have you back to do a podcast on this idea of like that. Yes, the yes and yeah, and, and the play these, even yes. in the nightmare moments and the yeah. what does it mean? What does it mean to still see that person as a person 
which also helps yeah. them see you as a person and how do you hold space for the fact the multitudes of like we are both kind of losing our internal exactly. system of regulation um, <laughs> replace that with word of your choice uh-huh. um, you right know? and um, how I you know when I first started learning a little bit more about improv just mm-hmm. being so dumbfounded by like you're just talking about attachment theory here totally or attachment yep, the theory is just return and like totally Whatever it is yeah but with a what a new fun way to look at these relational experiences mm-hmm. you know and how improv yeah uh, anyway it was i was blown away by the overlaps and totally mm-hmm. want to dedicate an entire other mm-hmm. show and probably totally. I'm going to have you come into the club and teach totally. like yeah. uh, like an improv yeah, kind of yeah, way to do improv fun. games with our kids because yeah. it is a way for parents to practice this really hard skill oh my gosh. of leaning into yes the, yes whatever it is and Me, saying oh yeah, right exactly. and it helps you avoid so many of the oh my gosh yes. struggles because so many of the expectations that are set and the kids experience in the academic world you know it's like we yeah. ended up doing camp online or the improv camp that i do right. um this year and like there was so much freedom and like yes you can lay on your bed and do this yes you can present your stuffed animal during this or have them voice for you you know like and just these things where it's like we create the world creates these rigid structures of you can't eat during class you have to sit up you have to show attention and right the ways that that doesn't work for a diverse brain and yeah I mean all of that's very tangential but it does I can take us back to where we started Mm -hmm. um (laughs) is that to me I think that was also one of the parts that was like so satisfying about like when we reconnected again, like you and me, is that it's like we were in the exact same place again with like these ideas of play and the nervous system and all of this stuff and had just come in through different doors to the same house. And so it was just like such a cool thing to be like, oh, look at us both, like still doing like the things and like right. having followed the place that led us yeah. to this shared space yeah. we just came in through different doors and hallways mm-hmm. and I, you know so i don't know i think it's yeah. cool it yeah. is really cool it's super cool um okay so to just a quick brief summary what i what i'm taking away who knows what <laughs> people luck. are going to take away yeah, <laughs> yeah. is <laughs> honestly the word that comes to mind for me and i think about take a takeaway is just hope hope yeah hope that like even when we don't see behavior change, it's not possible for what we're doing to not matter. And that's true if you're in the therapist role or it's true if you're in the parent role role and And kid role. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that doesn't take away the truth that it it can be really scary when the behaviors that we really do kind of need to change aren't changing. Totally. Right. There is some of these behaviors are dangerous and scary. Yeah. And if they don't change, like we right. imagine There's the future and we're like, this and, is bad. Yeah, yeah. And also it can be true that you, t- it can be possible to stay in that place of like, this is terrifying that this behavior isn't changing. And totally. I also feel totally confident that even mm-hmm. if it's not changing, showing up and being with this person yes. in this way matters totally it changes their brain and I like to think I'd love to hear your thoughts on this like I like to think that especially for kids with some of the most profound histories of relational trauma Mm -hmm. 
Hey, I'm jumping into the middle of this episode real quick to share with you what this club member has to say about their time in the club. They say, what an incredible community. It was my first connection to regulate session just now, and it was so incredible to share stories and experiences. Perhaps it's even more profound being across the world from each other. Oh, I totally agree that the fact that the club has members from all corners of the world really does make the experience more profound. I want the club to give you parenting tools, but more than that, I want the club to undo the sense of aloneness. I want the club to create community and togetherness. And by bringing to people all over the world, we're able to do just that. The club is open from now until Friday, April 28th, and we would love to have you. that um ha- and i often say this to therapists who are feeling so discouraged like nothing's changing mm-hmm. i feel like what i'm doing doesn't matter that it's like what is changing is that this person's brain mm-hmm. now knows that this relational experience that exists between the two of you mm-hmm. exists yeah they didn't even know this relational experience existed. It was possible to feel totally. seen. It was possible to be known. Totally. And so what now has changed is the possibility of hope in that child's brain. Yes. That this relationship that they're ha- this experience they're having with you that you don't see is making any difference right. at all. Their brain now right. has the capacity to believe that this relational experience could exist somewhere else too. Right. Well, and they might yeah. seek it out. And they might totally. look for it and it might yeah. be why they find themselves back in the therapist chair when they're or in the therapist's office when they're right. older, older or it might change totally. the relationships that they seek out or yeah. it might change them mm-hmm. like kind of like lobbing on or like right. lobbing on to like a favorite teacher or yes, it yes. Creates finding some, the moments of resonance, trusting you might be able to even have a moment of being delighted. Yes. In. And no, that I, is I, profound. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. found even Agreed. as parents if we're not getting the the return in the servant return mm-hmm. right that's giving us the data what you're doing right matters yeah it cannot trusting mm-hmm. that it's yes. pos- impossible for it to not matter totally and to not integrate in some capacity yeah. and that doesn't mean always on the timeline that is needed right. and wanted and all you know all of this right but yeah, I mean, I think as you were talking about that, it makes me think of also, and I think it's sexually direct, directly related, although I hadn't thought about it specifically in this way, but um, that often we'll talk about like when we have kind of the long-term trauma pieces, sort of the truncated sense of the future. Like yes. it's like, okay, I can't even like plan for the future because like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Surviving and like being. And it's interesting because I hadn't thought about it this way, but I think it's the same in that relational context that you just brought up is mm-hmm. that it's like, you start being able to see a longer term relational future and a relational space where it exists, which is like the same thing you said. It's just the parallel there that I'm like, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's interesting. I haven't seen it exactly. I hadn't thought about it exactly that way. Um, But I think that that's totally it, you know, is that it's like every little nugget of regulation or connection or at minimum 
a safe coexistence in a room where you didn't have any physical harm to safety and your basic needs were met, like is begin seeding the ability to find and collect more of those and begin seeding the ability to understand those within a connected elongated sequence with the same person and allows you which was like the funniest way ever to say a relationship with one person (laughs) but it is like these you know yeah yeah. I mean I think that is yeah it yeah like it can't not matter um yes it can't not matter all right I'm going to share one last thing and then we'll say goodbye and I'll promise that audience that you'll come back (laughs) is I um, was speaking at a conference once for marketed for adoptive parents, foster parents. And after the conference, I received an email from somebody in the audience who identified as like a grown up who was a kid with complex trauma mm-hmm. and how she can't imagine, she couldn't imagine, you know, one thing she took away from the conference that she wasn't expecting was that she, look, being in that room of people, people who gave up their Saturday to mm-hmm. show up at a conference yes. and learn how to do better as parents. Mm-hmm. She no. was like, I can't imagine how that would have changed my life. Yes. If Same. I had been the child mm-hmm. of any of those parents that mm-hmm. were in that ballroom, no matter what they were really doing in their real yes. parenting, right? how right. it was well, it was translating. Right. No, I mean, they have been yes. a child of a, adult who cared that much that they invested that yes would have changed my life yes no I mean honestly even like when I sit with like the fact that it's like there are parents that will listen to this and people who do work and training it's like yeah the like the the resonance and like the degree to like which that is like touching and even like I somewhat know. internalized for me. Yes. Of like, and I'm like, I don't even know y'all, <laughs> you know, like I've literally never no, met I think you. That's I don't know who you are. True. Like yeah. is just like, and it's like, I think those are the things that we like have to hold on to because the world yeah. is like real dark and deep and complicated and bleak in lots of ways. And you see lots yeah. of evidence of the, not that, that like knowing that it's like, oh my gosh, like there are people doing this and like when I have like my own friends who are like parenting with like such incredible intention and knowledge and like information seekers and I'm just like oh my gosh like that is so cool that like there are people who like are doing that (laughs) you know like I'm like that's so great like there's no like there's not even words for it like it's just sort of a like heavy resonance of like yeah that's great yeah. I love that <laughs> you know like I'm like yeah. that's real good like air energy hug <laughs> the nervous system in me we should make little little memes that say that but yeah in all seriousness like this no this, but it, yeah, is, it is like it's honors. yeah like yeah. honors yeah, yeah. honors yeah. Mm-hmm. so the, what you just said though is like mm-hmm. the way that was probably surprising. Like you probably didn't say, I'll do this podcast with Robin because no, this is going to happen. But right, I'm like, right. imagine, yeah. you know, like what that does to our own, like inner children, totally. like this moment of like, oh, there are adults out there who, oh my gosh. who care that much to have just listened to this. I don't even know how long now, well right. over an hour podcast mm-hmm. right. and what that <laughs> yeah. does even for you now as an adult, even for yeah. me now as an adult, totally. totally. And yes. I think it's important for people who are doing the hard work mm. of parenting kids with trauma, which is 
horribly hard. I mean, it's hard in a way that's impossible to articulate to maybe just take a moment and be like, I will never meet Lacey ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And me listening to this podcast matters to her. Totally. And I actually think that that matters like to take a moment. No, it does. And and really receive that. Yes. Allow that to land on our own hearts and get that yes. return from a place that we're not getting, you know, from our uh, yeah. parents because they, mm-hmm. they just can't. Can't. Yeah. Right. In so, that way. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my yeah. gosh. This is so fun. Yeah. And I know we will absolutely come back and talk. I really specifically want to talk about improv sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. with, um, kids with relational mm-hmm. trauma. Cause mm-hmm. it's totally. makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Sure. And because you created that amazing program that exists in mm. Austin, I've had my own clients yeah. benefit cool. from, from well, it. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to have you back. We'll talk about that in the future. That sounds good. So if people want to go and find more about you, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Lacey, I have to know more about Lacey and her work mm-hmm. and what she does. Where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, yes. And brain.com is a good place. I need to update with all the new things I'm doing because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing lots of things, life doesn't always permit you to update your website website. with all of those things. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but that will be updated with all the new comings out soon and trainings and whatnot. And that's the, yeah, same. My, uh, basically everything's that Instagram, which I'm medium active on is at yes. And brain email is yes. And brain at gmail. Yes. You know, that's yeah. And I will certainly put all that in the show notes and you can link her to it, but it's pretty easy to remember. Yes. And brain, everything. Yes. And brain.com. Yeah. Brain on Instagram, everything. Yeah. All right, friend. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Lacey is amazing, right? Go check out all the inspiring work she's doing with her company. Yes. And brain at yesandbrain.com. And don't worry. I'll definitely have Lacey back in the future so we can talk more in depth about how she integrates her love for improv and circus arts to help kids and families. If your family is in need of even more support or you find yourself looking for a community of folks who just get it, I'd love to invite you into the club, a virtual community of connection, co-regulation, and a little education for parents just like you. Parents in the club are saying things like, I had no idea how helpful it would be to feel less alone. And it makes sense that that's what they're talking about because we know that undoing aloneness changes the brain. And changing the brain means you feel better and parent the way that you want to. Over at robingobel.com, you can get on the wait list for the next time the club opens up. You can also get immediate access to short webinars on narrow topics like lying and opposition, or take a deep dive into my comprehensive online course, Parenting After Trauma, Minding the Heart and Brain. If you are loving this podcast, please, please share. The sooner the whole world understands a neurobiology of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human, the sooner our kids will live in a world that sees them for who they really are. Completely amazing and sometimes struggling. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you next time. Are you ending this episode with maybe big sigh of relief. Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. 
but also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.